welcome. My name is Patricia and I am the creator and host of Closer Podcast. Closer is a podcast project that aims to create a genuine and fun dialogue that reveals who we are, how we think and what moves us. Today we are closer to Irina Konova, talking about capturing souls through the art of taking pictures. So stay closer and have a look. I like to make um, pictures of people in the streets um, as if they are dancing, as if it's like a performance. Although it's their ordinary activity, daily activity, uh, nothing special, like uh, a worker uh, with his with the boxes, but uh, I see a very beautiful moment uh, when he takes one box and gives this box to his um, colleague, for example, mm -hmm. uh, and it could be a very beautiful moment, it can be like a dance, um, so um, that's that's what, what I try to capture. I don't want to capture like his um, sufferings uh, <laughs> of his work, but I want to show it in a beautiful way. Today we are closer to Irina Konova, who is a photographer, a model, and a researcher. Irina was born in Moscow and considers herself a big city girl, having lived in New York, London, and now is based in Lisbon, a calmer city but full of light and hopes for the future. Irina conducts research on nonverbal behavior as part of her PhD studies at the University of Lisbon. But mostly, Irina is a photographer, capturing souls with her camera. Moving to Lisbon helped Irina to unlock her artistic talents, in particular in photography, where she participates in several photo projects about Lisbon. Her new project is called Lisbon Whispers, a photo conversation that aims to uncover the contemporary identity of the city of Lisbon through the intimate views of its inhabitants. Irina found a way to combine her passion for photography and psychology in one exciting activity, photo art therapy. Irina is always busy. She's a model for Portuguese brands, a volunteer in Creative Mornings, and the ambassador of Internations. I talked with Irina in February 2020. to start with a question that I generally ask everyone I speak with and I wanted to ask you what is your earliest memory by earliest memory it can be anything that you can think of or that you want to share um, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm always jealous when somebody says that uh, they can uh, remember um, 
themselves very early. I cannot actually. <laughs> I I can only remember myself. I think starting with the um, age of four or five, and um, I don't know why, but maybe because I look at you. Uh, I, I, I now I, re I remember how my grandma and me um, went to um, ballet uh, performances in Moscow. We used to do it almost every weekend, and I was always um, waiting for this moment uh, because I really like ballet, <laughs> and um, it's very beautiful memory from my childhood. And it's about, um, and I think it, it uh, of course, it influences you, right? What you are doing, mm -hmm. what you do in your childhood, where, or where are you going? I think it's uh, influences a lot. So my grandmother was my uh, creative um, teacher, was my my teacher of arts. Uh, she brought me to museums, to some ballet performances. So she. She influenced me a lot. Was she an artist herself? No, no, no. no but no. she would give you all the stimuli to keep you under the radar of what's important in art. Ballet, yes. museums, exhibitions. Yes, exactly. Wow, exactly. that's amazing. And this was in Moscow? It was in Moscow, yes. So you had access to a lot of cultural... Yeah, I don't know how she got these tickets, but every... <laughs> don't ask me how. <laughs> you should never ask how grandmothers do stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she she brought me to to some performances, to theater as well, uh, every more or less every weekend. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it, when I was five, six, this mm -hmm. age, so mm -hmm. I remember this. And have you ever tried ballet as a little girl? No, never. no. You wanted to look at it. To observe. To observe, it's yes. It's my mission on Earth, to observe. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you you were born and raised in Moscow. Absolutely. But uh, you also moved to London to live for maybe abroad the first time, if I'm not mistaken, for your master's. My passion for exploring other cultures and countries actually started with my participation in summer work and travel program trip to New York. Oh right. When I, when I was uh, twenty years old, um, right. while studying in Moscow, um, I already had this experience of living abroad. It was just um, five months, but you know, living in New York was five months is five years in New York. <laughs> like, yes. yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yes. So yeah, and then uh, after uh, I I decided to carry on with my research and. Um, um, in psychology and to go to London, yes, uh, where I did my master's. Yes, and uh, then, so you stayed for around two years maybe and then you came to Portugal. Uh, yeah, I stayed for one year and a half mm -hmm. um, and uh, yes, then I made up my mind to do a PhD <laughs> in psychology <laughs> and uh, so I found myself uh, in, in Lisbon mm -hmm. and uh, where I settled down where I live now, of course, yes. and I'm not going to move. I'm very happy to be here yeah. now. Um, and you are here already for five years? No, no? four years. Four years? Four years, okay. a lot. Um, yes. But four different years, uh, mm -hmm. so I don't know. Yeah, it's been, it's been, I, I guess when you move to another country, you have this set of expectations, mm -hmm. and then you eventually are there for some time, and you start to understand, I mean, 
you have some disappointments, you know, and then you have some unexpected, beautiful things that happen. So, yeah, tell me about that. Well, for me, because I have this uh, experience of uh, living in other countries, for me, um, during first five, six months, it's just euphoria of being in a new place. Uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, I'm taking drugs, you know, <laughs> something like this. <laughs> yes. This feeling when you wake up uh, in the morning, wow, you wake up in a new country, um, you are out of your comfort zone. Absolutely, you don't have relatives here, your family, your friends. The language is different. The language yeah. is different. Um, every day you have to meet new people. Uh, so, you know, and I really like it. It's it's about um, taking a risk, you know, to, to move to another country, always. So, um, the first half of the year, when I moved somewhere, I always have this uh, very intense, unique feeling of euphoria. And uh, some kind of joy too, because wow, I'm discovering the world every day, uh, something new for me. But then, of course, uh, you get used to your day-to-day -day life, and then you start to notice that uh, maybe this is not an ideal place for you to live, or well, something irritates you. But uh, then you think, no, I I'm going to stay here more. So then you start to decide whether this place is appropriate for you or not um, but um, normally I'm very happy uh, in the places where I live for example now in Lisbon or I, I left my life in London too but they are absolutely different also in Moscow Moscow is a huge huge um, city with very exciting life uh, cultural life uh, social life so um, yeah and I'm a big city girl but I found myself in Lisbon Uh, which is a good <laughs> While closer to Irina, we talked about her passion for photography addressing questions such as the connection between touch and taking a picture and how the camera, like any aesthetic object, can bring a feeling of comfort and confidence to go out in the streets. Together, we shared reflections on how similar photography can be of voyeurism, but also how photography brings Irina to a mental state of flow, filled with happiness and purpose. Irina introduced the rules of the universe that she uses in her work and claimed the importance of empathy during photography because to take a picture is to connect with someone else's world. This conversation was held at Irina's flat in Lisbon after some tea and cookies together. I met Irina when we both entered the PhD program and we have been friends since then. During this conversation, I had the pleasure to know more nuances of Irina's life. You will notice church bells ringing as Irina's flat is located close to one of the most iconic churches in Lisbon, the Church of Estrela.
want to talk with you about um, something that you've been studying for some time now. Uh, mm-hmm. And it started, I think, in your master's about yeah, uh, nonverbal true. communication, but especially touch. touch. And I think uh, this is very special about you because you can touch someone across different mediums. <laughs> And uh, although you studied uh, physical touch mm-hmm. for, for your master's and even in your PhD, I feel that you moved away from that type of uh, physical touch to go more to into a visual touch in photography. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's a very intimate way to be with someone, to be photographed, to, you know, to let yourself yeah. photograph. And uh, I wanted to ask you if you ever considered this connection and if photography, if, if you, when you are photographing someone or something, you feel that you actually feel it, you touch it. Yes, exactly. You're absolutely right. There is a connection between these things um, because, um, yeah, I used to study and uh, I'm, uh, I'm studying still body language, right? Uh, nonverbal behavior. Um, and um, uh, some research has suggested that over 75% of our communication is uh, from uh, these nonverbal signals. Yeah. And uh, nonverbal behavior is a language. And uh, right. of course, uh, gestures and uh, touch, it's, um, it can be even more stronger than words. And photography is a language too. It's a, it's a visual language. Um, so again, it can be or uh, it can be stronger, more powerful than words sometimes, right? And sometimes um, by touch or by photography, you cannot, uh, you can express more than by words. And also um, words sometimes even cannot explain um, some photography or some uh, nonverbal behavior, you know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, so I, I, I don't trust <laughs> words but i really trust touch <laughs> and i really trust photography because you see th- things and um, when we touch things and also uh, to be touched by something to be moved by something um, it's about photography it's about art visual art it's a lot about that uh, so i think um, it's not um, accidentally that we use uh, this term to be touched mm-hmm. right even to to be to feel touched, to demonstrate the yes. feeling. This feeling, yes. Yes. So I wonder if when, when you said that when you see an image, a photo, uh, you don't trust the words to describe it because, and this is a question, because I feel the same, but it's very hard for me to understand why. Is it because what I'm seeing in the photo is much more complicated than what words could describe or maybe um, maybe it's a feeling? I don't know if this yeah. makes sense to you. <laughs> makes, makes. Yeah. I think you're right. Yes. Um, the thing is that um, when we see a picture, I think um, it's not, we don't have words in our mind. We have emotions, first of all, like I like it or not, or it touches me or not. And um, then comes words. So it's not the first thing that comes. First comes, I think, emotions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in this way, uh, sometimes it's difficult to describe in words what you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is the sequence. First yes. comes the feeling, 
and then uh, you try to find words in your head, in your mind, to describe it and to tell to other people what you think about it. But first, it's your, your rapid reaction. Yeah. I wonder also, because there are other types of visual mm -hmm. forms of art, I wonder how you came up with photography. Um, I, I read somewhere that it had to do with your dad influence. A father, maybe. <laughs> Where did you read it? <laughs> I read it in a description of drawing in sand. Ah, right. True, yes. true, true, true. Wow. But I wonder if that's a true story. <laughs> it's a true story, yeah. It's a true story. So, actually, my father uh, was and is uh, uh, an amateur photographer and uh, he liked to experiment with the uh, camera. And I was, uh, I have always seen cameras around me, my father with uh, these uh, vintage cameras like the Neat, the Beetle, uh, also Utignum. And um, uh, I also remember um, him developing his films in the dark room, improvised in our small bathroom in an apartment in Moscow. So it was always a really mystical, magical process for me. I didn't understand it. And uh, he never taught me, uh, he, we never spoke about photography, he just did it uh, and I just was observing. Um, but then later on, um, I, I, I um, started to remember this, um, how happy uh, my father was at this moment and uh, what joy uh, photography brought to him and I thought I should try it as well. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, that that makes a lot of sense, and I I would like to talk with you about this drawing in the sand in the sand ah, exhibition. Okay. Uh, so you exhibit your first work uh, in uh, Atelier de Lisboa, right? Uh, under this collective exhibition with other photographers. Yeah, the school is Atelier de Lisboa. Okay. Uh, but we exhibited it's not at the school but in a gallery in near Intendente, but yeah, it doesn't make sense. Called Ilha, was it? Yes, uh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. And the name of the exhibition was called Drawing in the Sand. I remember you there um, with a red dress. Ah, <laughs> right. With a very passion red, so very intense red. Yeah. And you had your photos um, distributed across the wall and uh, I didn't know what your work was about at that moment. So, and it was called Windbreak. Mm -hmm. Yes, oh. yes. Um, mm, yeah. So, uh, I have here what you wrote about your work that I would like to read, uh, or you would like to read, which is even better. In this work, I discovered um, I was exploring um, the move of the wind, so the fluttering in the wind of the national flag and the peculiar shapes it takes and um, how it attracts the attention of passers-by. And um, of course, if um, we all know that wind is just an air movement, but we forget that it's visible, it's audible, so there was sound, you know, uh, when I was observing this flag, I could hear Which the sound. Which is huge. It's yeah. huge, it's huge, yeah, yeah it's very big. And the wind uh, enables the flag uh, and its shadows to interact with the surrounding area. What I found really interesting is that although I am from Lisbon, 
and I know where you took these pictures mm -hmm. because it was in a park called Park Eduard setting. Exactly. In the top of a hill. Uh, and you have these big columns, marble columns, yes. historical columns, mm -hmm. which you could see in your pictures. Uh, and then part of part of them, the photo was red. But I didn't understand this was part of the national flag. Uh, yeah. So that was a complete surprise for me. And for those that don't know, the Portuguese flag is kind of divided into two main colors, yes. green and red. And Irina just uh, focused cut. on the red one. I just cut, yes. I just cut the <clears throat> green part. And I like this part that you wrote. It says the following. Mm -hmm. uh, the historical scene is the stage of very specific human actions that can be found there. Uh, emotions and expressive gestures such as love, exhaustion, vigor, and loss of orientation. Some people do not even notice the huge marble columns anymore. Others seek shelter and others are absorbed by them. Yeah, exactly. It's a dialogue between the great uh, flag and uh, the columns, um, historical columns. And in contrast to the flag, uh, which moves with the fury of a living creature, uh, the columns are frozen in immobility. So they stand solidly, like the wind breaks, and mm -hmm. uh, amplify uh, the sensation of movement of the flag and people around. Uh, so it was really a playground uh, for um, some human action, for the movement of the flag, and uh, for um, frozen in immobility columns. I wonder when you conceived this work, that you wanted to do this, if you um, thought about the colors of the flags, if you if you ever considered the green, <laughs> because um, the red means blood. It's like the um, when we go into a fight and the, the strength to be there in the fight and the blood of it, and then the green is the hope. Yeah. So it's what was the intention? Yeah, I mean, when you conceived it, if you thought about it in these terms, or maybe not. Well, it's <clears> just more conceptual, because red is a, a very strong, bright color, and then it also um, refers to communism, right? Okay. Yes, and, uh, also, And these columns, they um, more about fascism regime, so it's, it's really a historical place. It mm -hmm. uh, could be a battle between, I don't know, the regime of Salazar. Yes, the regime right? of Salazar. Could be like that. But anyway, red is more <laughs> is brighter. And green brings an, another um, emotion, I think, another um, ambience. Yeah. So to be more precise, to be more direct, uh, you should leave just red. your photographic style 
can I tell you uh, why I do photography? And then maybe I will try to um, explain uh, how I choose objects, subjects uh, for yes. photography. Yes. So uh, why I do photography? Because it puts me into very special uh, state, mental state. Um, so first of all, uh, a camera helps and teaches me how uh, to be attentive to details, how to be patient, but then it puts me into this meditative state, which is uh, called uh, the state of creative flow or yeah. the state of flow, right? And um, flow state. So, and it's very powerful state of mind where you are, um, you feel that you are great, where you feel that you are happy, and you are totally absorbed by and deeply focused on um, the things you are doing. Right, so uh, time feels like it has uh, slowed down. Your senses are heightened, and um, uh, this uh, feeling really makes me happy. Right, so um, I observe. I uh, I feel as if I do not exist, but in a good way. And uh, for example, scientists have found that people feel really happy. They are at their happiest when they are in this particular state, in the state of flow. And uh, it's amazing that I can use my camera <laughs> um, to get happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, great tool, yes, you know, yes. to make yourself happy. So uh, sometimes I wake up very early, like at 5, 6 in the morning, and I don't want to sleep anymore. Uh, and I know, okay today in the morning I will go out and I will take pictures of um, early morning Lisbon and uh, I feel excited and um, then I go out to the streets and um, I have this um, sense of clarity I know exactly what I want to take picture of but I cannot explain I just see <laughs> a beautiful scene uh, I just see something um, that I want to capture uh, and um, I cannot explain why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm sure 100% that uh, I have to do it, but I cannot say um, why I, I'm choosing this subject. It's very intuitive for you. It's very intuitive, yes. But anyway, I find um, uh, surprising power in ordinary things uh, through the way they hold themselves in the light, I mean, the, the sun, the shadows, the shadow play, uh, bright colors of people, uh, what people wear, for example, or bright colors mm -hmm. of Lisbon with these red roofs, with these colorful um, walls. And I wanted to read uh, a small paragraph. Yes, uh, I would love to hear. One of my favorite photographers, uh, Joel Mirovitz. Uh, he defines what is a good photography uh, and what is beauty. So this is a part of his interview. I think a good uh, photograph is something that makes you want to pay attention to the information that's in front of you because of a number of different things. Not just a beautiful person in the picture or a lovely sunset or landscape. It's not just sheer beauty, it's a kind of inspired wit, maybe even craziness that the photographer was aware of in a split second of everyday life. The mind of the photographer grasped the potentiality of the moment to be more than one thing. So 
they took a stab at it and uh, what you hold in your hands or look at on the walls is the result of their consciousness uh, their appetite for life and their open-minded way of taking the world in that's uh, beautiful it's yeah, like a, beautiful. a moment capture yes capturing capturing the moment uh, the mystery of the moment and it's not just about uh, the beautiful sunset right mm -hmm. it's very complex yeah and i was also thinking while you were reading that sentence mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that uh because it's a moment mm -hmm. and it passes it, yes. it must give you some adrenaline because you know that the moment might end the yes. action and you need to jungle around between mm -hmm. the perfect picture i don't know if i can call it perfect picture because yes uh, exactly. but uh, so, some some um, satisfactory mm -hmm. product of the moment but in a limited time, which you never know what it is when the action is going to end. Yes, mm. yes. I feel adrenaline. I, mm. I feel uh, this uh, ecstasy <laughs> feeling <laughs> of the flow. And, um, you know, uh, why I like, for example, Joel Mirovitz, because he he's a street photographer and uh, he does pictures like this. For example, you can see it's one of his most famous pictures. And... Um, how he describes this picture. This is a real moment? It's a real moment. Yeah, but you should be a, a real <laughs> artist to do something like this. Uh -huh. So uh, this is how he describes uh, this phot photograph. Like, a young man lies on the sidewalk with his arms outstretched. A workman with a hammer casually steps over his fallen body. A crowd stands at the entrance to the metro, stunned by curiosity into inaction. A cyclist and a pedestrian each turn over their shoulders to catch a last glimpse, which is the drama of life in the city. This is, of course, he, he caught this moment. This is a very unique moment. And that's, that's why I like his photography, because um, he was lucky enough to to get this picture uh, but um, <laughs> yeah it's, it's also a matter of luck yes for sure uh, yeah but, but uh, I'm, I'm sure he spent a lot of film uh, it's an analog photography so he used a lot of film and so on but right. in the end he got this result uh, which is uh, I think incredible ask you how different is photography from voyeurism ah, <laughs> i think it's uh, more or less the same uh it's um it's a pleasure to be outside it's but, a pleasure to be um, outside it's a pleasure to cover um yourself with a camera a bit uh, you know it's um it gi a camera gives you a right to do photography so it's acceptable yes but I think it's uh, pure worrisome, to be honest, especially if it's about street photography and people do not know. Um, in If it's in a studio, it's another way. Yes. The model knows everything. And um, it's very interesting because you are also a model. I do. I do. <laughs> I try to do everything I can. Yes. <laughs> so how do you combine uh, these different roles of being... <laughs> behind the camera but also being in front of the camera well um 
it's uh, it's good that I can be on the both sides of the camera, and uh, uh, I think it's very important to have a good connection with uh, between uh, a model and a photographer. It's very important, and. Um, for me, as a photographer, uh, psychology helped a lot because uh, I used to work as a psychotherapist and um, I practiced, of course, active listening, uh, observing nonverbal behavior of people and, uh, you know, to be, I practiced, of course, to be empathetic and in terms of photography, it can be all of this can be applied. So you start to observe what's the best angle, for example, mm -hmm. to show your model right uh, because I want to show people in a beautiful way if, if I if I do their portraits of course uh, I want to show like not the best of them but uh, some parts of them uh, that I find particularly attractive so mm -hmm. any photo session starts with uh, observing uh, a person and uh, finding the best um, angle so you you really start to like this person and you really start to be empathetic and so you start building a relationship yes yeah. I, yes i try to because now i started to make um, portraits a lot of portraits of people I'm, I'm driven by it and for one of my projects uh, which is called lisbon whispers where we meet people in their natural environment like uh, apartments or uh, art studios and we make uh, their portraits so before that you have to understand what's the most beautiful the most um, interesting um, part of this person uh, because I, I i really believe that everyone is beautiful everyone uh, but it's important to show this beauty to the world so that's why you have to uh, to observe to be empathetic to be in the same on the same wave person mm -hmm. so tell me more about this project the lisbon whispers the idea of the project is also to show the city of lisbon through these people right yes in the eyes of these people what yes what it's like to be a lisboeta <laughs> what what it's like to live uh, in lisbon what really irritates you what really you like about the city so we have um Photo, short photo session and then a short interview about the relationship with uh, Lisbon. I think it's um, it's a good way to understand who lives uh, around you, to understand who's your neighbor, who uh, what uh, interesting people arrived to Lisbon, uh, who were born in Lisbon already. So uh, it's a good way to understand to connect people uh, which is with each other and just to understand. Who makes the vibrant community of, of Lisbon, of mm -hmm. the city? Mm, very interesting project for me because I, I like both. I like to take pictures and I like to interview people. And have you ever found a challenging situation with someone you photograph? Or, or even if when you were a model, if you ever found a situation in which it was, uh, for example, the person could not relax or I don't know. And how would you deal with that? I, I, of course, I had this situation, and especially when I was a model, because I'm not a professional model. I'm where it depends a lot on my mood, what mood right. I am, um, and the role that you play. Because you you were a model for weddings, for example, 
So yes. if you don't feel like marrying <laughs> that day, if I don't like the bride or the the, the, the groom, the, yeah. groom. <laughs> the groom, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, but you have to, you have to be an actress. Yeah, you have to put on personas, I guess. Yes, yes, mm. you have to. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask mm -hmm. this last question about uh, being a photographer, but also being a model. Okay. okay. Um, if you prefer one of them, if you had to choose what to do yes if you would choose a being a photographer or being a model if i could uh, choose yes i would uh, prefer to be a photographer because i get old you know <laughs> and no, nobody will photograph me when i get really old <laughs> well this is actually not true because you take pictures in an old care center yes uh, so you had a true. very interesting project I mean, yeah. you have you have many side projects. I cannot even talk about all of them. Like, for example, the volunteering work you do at Refood. Yes. And even the the elders' projects where they were doing activities. Yes. Uh, yeah. Some kind of um, ent uh, entertainment activities for old people, older people of uh, Lisbon. And I made um, portraits, their portraits, and uh, yes, I really photographed them, and they are amazing models. To is be it, honest, is it yes, very? True. Yeah, you see, and I, I wonder if it's very different to photograph an older person compared to I don't know, like a young person or a child. Even is there a real? Um, do do people really have age? That's yeah. that's the thing because maybe photograph um, takes. A photographer takes pictures of a soul, mm -hmm. you see, and if it's uh, and the soul, it, it can be all always young. So I've already met a lot of people uh, in their sixties, seventies, even eighties, who even nineties, who are so young in their souls that when you photograph them, you you just. Um, you don't understand their age. It's true. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's true. They are. They are. They laugh a lot. They smile a lot. They are very active. They are very enthusiastic. Um, and I don't know. I don't think at that moment. Oh, this is an eighty years old lady. No, I don't. I don't uh, distinguish. And sometimes, if you take pictures of young people, but they, uh, you know. Um, they are not. They are boring uh, in terms of. Uh, they are uh, don't have this inner light in themselves. They don't have. Um, uh, I don't know this uh, uh, desire uh, to act to live. It's difficult to, to make pictures of them because they look, as I said, boring and uh, as if they are very old, mm -hmm. very very old. And, so I think yeah, photography is about capturing um, a soul of a, a person. Soul. A soul. I mean, for you, it is a lot about connecting with the person mm -hmm. as well, which yes. is very intimate because, um, I mean, I've seen you photographing. Ah. <laughs> I witnessed Irina photographing oh events God. because Irina is all over. <laughs> so, um, for example, I'm remembering the last one that we were we went uh, together to Creative Mornings. Yes. And um, <laughs> you are really in a state of flow. It's it's incredible. And I, I, I I'm sure you are in relationship with your subjects, yes. uh, with the people. With the people. Um, because I feel you are, you are full of emotions around you uh, and uh, I wonder if we can 
give you back the relationship, you know, because it's very safe. You are behind the camera. Yeah. You are very comfortable. I mean, it's not safe in a, yeah, yeah, in yeah. a sense. Uh, in mm -hmm, a trivial mm -hmm, sense, it's mm -hmm. actually very active. Um, but uh, do you feel safe behind the camera? Yes, I feel safe, secure, very confident. And uh, yeah. people... <laughs> Recently, my my photographer teacher asked me, Irina, how do you take pictures of people in the streets? I, I, we all have to learn because I think he meant like, how dare you come up uh, to people? Because sometimes I come up to people in the streets and ask their permission to photograph them, or sometimes I photograph them in a bit um, not aggressive way, but I mean without their permission. Um, so he mm. sometimes people uh, don't understand how to make uh, this type of photography and that's why i think they do not photograph people in the streets they normally photograph um other things but anyway mm -hmm. um what was so the you care a lot about the permission no i uh, sometimes i don't sometimes not. <laughs> no no in most cases okay not uh, but what was the question? Like, I, if I feel secure, absolutely. Because Say, yeah. I, I, I confident. think confident. Because what I know that I will make a beautiful picture. Because if it's not beautiful, I will not post it. I will not show it to other people at all. But I'm absolutely confident that, that if I, uh, in the end, make this photograph, uh, I will show another person in a beautiful light with the respect. So, and sometimes... Um, uh, and I'm sure the person will really like this picture. Okay, maybe some, not uh, too much sometimes, but I really <laughs> care. But I really care uh -huh. that there is some beauty in the moment uh, because I like to make um, pictures of people in the streets um, as if they are dancing, as if it's like a performance. Although it's their ordinary activity, daily activity, uh, nothing special, like uh, a worker. Uh, with his with the boxes, but uh, I see a very beautiful moment uh, when he uh, takes one box and gives this box to his um, colleague, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and it could be a very beautiful moment. It can be like a dance. Um, so um, that's that's why what, what I try to capture. I don't want to capture like his um, sufferings uh, <laughs> of his work, but I want to show it in a beautiful way. Yes, and I think this is very true in your style. You bring this uh, magic, magic to uh, mm -hmm. ordinary moments that we might not even see if I was passing this uh, person that gives mm -hmm. box to another. I don't think I would notice. It would be like my background in the street. Oh yeah, thank you so much. Uh, anyway, I try to be in the flow. Really, yes. and uh, I think that finding uh, beauty is our psychological need as human beings. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I really believe in this. Um, finding beauty in every moment, uh, for example, to pay attention to details, uh, to pay attention to the beautiful light of sunrise, of sunset, to, uh, to beautiful shadow play, um, the beautiful green color, like. Uh, of plants, I don't know anything. Uh, there are so many beautiful things when you go out of your home, well, in your apartment too. But when you go out, uh, normal people just uh, running from one um, place to another, 
and not focus. They're not focused what they're passing by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I, I think um, it's it's really important to, ta- to pay attention to the information uh, that you see in the streets. So, yeah, it's very important. Um, yeah. Now that we are uh, mm-hmm. closing the conversation and, and coming to an end, I just wanted to go back to something that uh, you mentioned, which we, which is the connection with the model mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. So trying to see what what is the beauty of this person mm-hmm. uh, to better understand where to photograph. But you, you do the same even when you are not photographing uh, humans <laughs> so for example i'm remembering the pictures of the beautiful white horses ah. that you had and definitely the horse was talking with you ah. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what i felt so how was how was it to connect with such an animal that is also very sensitive to you being around if you are a stranger um if you want to say something about that moment yeah it was a beautiful moment and um I really think that uh, we use some kind of language with animals, uh, but of course not words. Uh, but there is some inner energy energy that goes from you to this to an animal and also to other people too. But animal can feel it, and sometimes I know the dogs smile <laughs> to me, and I smile to dogs too. Wow. And sometimes I um, have this feeling that I'm. Uh, um, I give hugs to passing by dogs, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I think they want to hug me too. <laughs> so it's about that. And mm-hmm. when I saw this horse, I, of course, I sent um, to it very good vibes. Very. I was happy for this horse because it, it was outside uh, running, not uh, just standing in one place. Um, beautiful creature and very happy because it has food it has fresh air a beautiful environment people who take care of it so uh, i was really sending uh, good vibes to this horse and i think i got it back and then of course i managed to uh, take good pictures of this horse today we are closer to irina konova talking about capturing souls through the art of taking pictures. I don't know, I wanted to speak about the rules of the universe that I apply in my life. That I, I would love to hear about that. So I think one of the most important rules I, I'd like to, sh- uh, to speak about um, is to give before receive. Or, or, and um, the more you give, the more you will receive. I think it's very important. And in terms of photography too, even. So the more you invest in observing a person, uh, the more, the better picture you get, uh, I'm sure about this so um, because the connection is deeper yeah i think the connection is deeper this is one of the principles of my life because i think it's very important uh, not to expect much uh, from other people but to uh, give uh, your time uh, your the press some presence smiles love compliments to people first and, and 
because if you give it first, uh, then you receive it, right? So, um, if you want joy, please give joy to others. Or if you want good pictures, I'm sorry, but invest. Uh, uh, be, be empathetic. Be try re really to see what uh, what makes a person beautiful, right? So it's about that. Uh, try to speak with person. Um, it's about that. Um, also. Yes, the second rule that I really follow, and <laughs> I, um, it's about a, a bit losing control uh, about the situation. Um, it, it's um, about uh, the thing that you should realize that you cannot control everything and you cannot control others. And uh, of course, it's a big challenge, but uh, if you apply it into your life and um, enjoy your, your life as... Um, a bit uh, as a flow of change and chaos and beauty um, then uh, again even during the photo session you will discover um, amazing thing things about the person uh, for example you can prepare uh, you can think what a photo shoot could be but then you never know in the end what it's going to be it's like with the interview right mm -hmm. uh, so if you really listen to a person you really go into this flow you really um, get connected to a person so you never know where this interview goes but it's for the best you cannot control it so it, it, it applies everywhere in every um, in every situation so I think it's very important to uh, it's called maybe uh, the art of allowing so when you let uh, go of control and go with the flow yes mm -hmm. so and you accept that the change is constant and you're flexible i think that's very very important and i also wanted to say that our world um it's not perfect right uh, it's it's like uh, it's, it's it can be messy uh, chaotic painful sad dirty uh, but it's beautiful and we should we shall all understand uh, the beauty of this world starting with um situation when we go out of our home of our house and try to see the sunshine right uh, try to see how beautiful trees um, the leaves of the trees are speaking with you because it's amazing sounds uh, amazing visual yes. magical stimuli yeah. you don't you don't need to go to the beach to enjoy all this you can enjoy it uh, uh, during your um, way from home to mm -hmm job or uh, I don't know going to a gym on the way to gym you can meet many interesting things that mm -hmm. what that was uh, my camera taught me but I want to say that uh, I was born in Moscow it's a city without sun actually especially during winter months and uh, moving to Lisbon for example uh, really helped me to unlock my um, artistic uh, talent for example in photography because it has so much sun right uh, yeah. if the buildings are so colorful uh, there is always a beautiful purple or pink sunset so uh, of course this is a very special city and I think very good for photography uh, colorful photography well black and white <laughs> can be applied too but right. colorful especially good for this let me see if I understand these are a little bit your mantras <laughs> that you carry with you in your life, in your days, but they are very obvious for you when you are photographing as well. Uh, there is a relationship, for example, the first one about mm -hmm. 
if you want a joyful picture, you need to be joyful yourself. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, it feels like a loop. A loop. Uh, an exactly. interesting loop. Exactly, exactly. Because, uh, for example, I decided to be happy and I'm happy. <clears throat> it works like this. So I'm decided to be cheerful today, uh, all the days. And um, I uh, really, uh, I'm really like that. So, uh, so you set the intention yes. and you, you go for it. And you, you try really hard no matter what the day can bring you. Yes. <laughs> Um, yes, because last book I read was of Joe Dispenza. He's he has a background in biochemistry and a degree in neuroscience, of course, and he teaches um, that um, uh, you can, um, with the power of your thought, you can change uh, your lifestyle, you can change <clears throat> your behavior, you can change uh, emotional. Uh, your emotions too so it's such an important thing to uh, to control a bit uh, your uh, your thoughts yeah to, to and for example if you really want to be happy just uh, become happy with the, the power of your thoughts with the power of your mind so thoughts process uh, the man's power to change uh, your reality so how did these three rules emerged there are even more than these three there are more than three okay <laughs> 33 <laughs> 33 conversation with uh, another very important language like the language of poems during this conversation I talked a lot about nonverbal behavior photography and not about and I said like words are not that important but actually <laughs> but it's not true I don't think so <laughs> I mean so I forget think, everything <laughs> no, no no all languages are important all languages are important and um, they of course can be very powerful there is famous haiku um, that I think is so beautiful um, just if we listen to it um, an old pond a frog jumps into the sound of water what is it? how many words are there? Um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 9 words but you have the whole picture right? so an old pond a frog jumping into the sound of water so it's amazing how with um, uh, without um, long description, without many, many sentences, you can put into your mind a beautiful picture of uh, maybe it's sunset or dawn, uh, maybe it's forest, a pond in the forest, or I don't know, in the field, or th there is um, a beautiful <laughs> frog, a very ugly frog, <laughs> jumping into water, the color of the water, everything. You can uh, make incredible... Um, visual picture in yeah. your in your head it's an experience i i experience. was really feeling the water yes and you feel coming out and you hear the sound yes. of water right yes unbelievable and it's just nine words yes. nine words and the, the the whole world is opening and um 
but it's even more than this, right? It's um, it's what I think about haiku or poetry. It's a photograph in words. experience of being closer you can support this project in multiple ways all closer episodes happen in person so i frequently travel to meet my guests i have created a patreon account that you can use to support my travels as a way to have access to more amazing guests and to provide a richer content for you if you prefer to support closer in another way you can subscribe to this podcast leave a review or just talk with someone that you feel would appreciate listening. Closer is also welcoming sponsors. All support is accepted and appreciated in any form. Even by just being there and listening, you are supporting this project so much. My name is Patricia Alves Oliveira. I am the curator, producer, editor and host of Closer Podcast. The music theme you are listening to was composed and produced by Mariani, a Portuguese musician and a longtime friend. Closer is a podcast project that aims to create genuine and fun dialogue that reveals who we are, how we think, and what moves us. In each episode, I sit with a guest, and together we dive into genuine conversations about what drives them crazy and what makes them laugh. This podcast emphasizes face-to-face, in-person conversations as a way to go back to the most basic yet effective way of communication, the one that occurs when we share the same physical space. So thank you and welcome closer.